came here to say that you don't really want it with us. Yeah, yeah. Sports show came here to say that you don't really want it with us. Yeah, yeah. Sports show came here to say that you don't really want it with us. Yeah. 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 What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Year Sports Show. I am your host, Big Baby, a.k.a. the soul of R&B. I love it. To my right, we have Queen, Queen Tay. Hey, everybody. Happy Saturday. To my bottom right, we have BK, Matt. What's going on? What's going on, yo? And to, to you still got that shower curtain durag? Look, don't, don't, don't. Don't do that. I ain't gonna do that. I had that one too. I had it in black though. But I'll have I it. got them in all. I got them in all flavors and colors. I mean, I'm good. I got it. I got a whole collection. I'm about yeah, to change my name. That's what she said. I would. Wow. <laughs> and the professor, the perfect professor. Now. You're the inappropriate professor, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> the voice of a I gotta separate Peter myself Lyle. from Mike today. You know. Well, listen, yo, Dre. I won. I won Mega Millions, man. I got four dollars. Oh. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> Taylor, like, wait a minute, what? No, you know what's funny, though? Uh, one of the $1 million tickets for Mega Millions was sold in my old neighborhood, well, where I grew up. My mm-hmm. grandmother uh, and my, fa- my father lived in Astoria, Queens. Right. So I was always around 21st Street, 21st Avenue. And one of the million-dollar tickets, the second-place tickets, was sold uh, in Astoria, Queens on 21st Street. So really cool for my old neighborhood. Really cool for them. How's everybody's week been? Usual, usual. Nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing exciting. Um, there was one exciting thing, Dre, that happened to me this week. You know, one of my good friends, uh, somebody that I really love and respect, um, you know, was able to find themselves um, back on their feet again, back in a job that they love, uh, back in a job they appreciate. And it showed that it appreciated them. Uh, and so I just want to give uh, all the roses to that person right now. They shall remain uh, nameless uh, right now. But that person, Maybe. yeah, <laughs> you know, get, getting back up on their feet the way they're supposed to. Definitely wasn't for everybody to know, but I do appreciate it. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank we gotta you. Give, we got to give you those roses, bro. You you just, you be putting a lot of people on your back, and it was time for you to get somebody to put them on your uh, put you on their back. Thank you. I appreciate it. I definitely or, appreciate it. Or, or, or any of your shoulders. I mean, you did have. You know. Shut up, Matt. Shut up, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, man. Um, pretty eventful, um, past week. Um, yeah, we got, um, we still got our new president doing his thing so far. Yeah. yeah, And our vice, our vice president. That's what madam, madam, madam vice president. Um, the world of sports has been pretty quiet, but, um, first and foremost, like, uh, like we did in the title picture resting, um, our condolences go out to Larry King and his family, and our condolences also go out to Hank Aaron and his family. Um, like I said, two very influential figures, two different sides of the spectrum, but um, yeah. Uh, our condolences go out to them. So, Both icons in their own right. Most definitely. Right. All right. Y'all ready to jump into it? Let's yep. go. Let's go. 
All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Year Sports Show, and it's memorable, quick hits. Uh, this week, we have no sponsor, no sponsor this week, uh, but we are working on getting another one for next week, diligently, working diligently uh, to do well, that. How um, does the sponsorship packages start at? Because, I mean, I could sponsor if it's like $10, $20. I mean, I mean listen, we, we's, uh, we, we open an all office at this point. All right. Open the office. Um, <laughs> next week, I'm going to sponsor um, Quick Hits. Oh, look at that. There we go. Shoot. Her, birth- her birthday's next week. She, depending on the outcome of uh, pick five, she might be running the show. So, <laughs> well, no, we still got a couple more weeks. Still got a couple more weeks we for that. One more, we got two more games. We have this game I'm, and we have the Super Bowl. So, we'll see how that goes. Yes, yes. Definitely. Let's see. Oh, actually, next next week is episode 50, too. And as, as Dre said, let's start with the breaking news from earlier this morning as we all woke up to the very sad and heartbreaking news that iconic and legendary interviewer and television personality Larry King passed away at the age of 87. Um, For all of us who'd ever wanted to be in any form of media, Larry King was someone that you knew as a staple on television, whether you were a fan of his or watched his programming. Uh, For a long time, Larry King was the only thing I knew that existed on CNN outside of outside of the news. Right. Uh, Which I did not watch very regularly as a young person. Um, But, you know, you would always kind of get caught up in whatever Larry King was doing as you were going across the channels um, at some point in the evening. And he has left us, many people, um, you know, will remember some of his most iconic shows where he uh, smooched Marlon Brando live on television, um, or even where he actually started constructing Middle Eastern peace talks live on his own show. Um, Multiple cancer survivor and multiple marriage survivor will also say that. Many marriages for Larry King, one of the greatest... um, Greatest jokes I ever heard from a stand-up comedian was that uh, if we ever went to a system where you had to lose a body part for every subsequent marriage you had at this point, Larry King would probably just be ahead. Um, But Larry King uh, stood with us, fought through everything, uh, passed away, unfortunately, today at the age of 87. Moving on to the NFL. And it was like this week was the week to hire head coaches. That's what it was this week. We got a bunch of head coaching positions getting filled in the NFL. Let's start with one of my favorite head coach uh, introductory press conferences, the man out in Detroit, Dan Campbell, hired as the new Lions head coach and signed to a six-year deal. He was the former assistant head coach and tight ends coach in New Orleans, has never been an NFL coordinator at any level, um, but is getting a six-year deal to be the head coach of the Lions. And if you saw his introductory press conference, it was – I loved it. It was just really gritty. Uh, talked about how Detroit's going to is going to take a lot to take Detroit down. Uh, they're going to come up and start biting kneecaps on the way up, and eventually they're going to be the last team standing. Yeah, he said a <laughs> lot. And they played it on like the news the other day. I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> That's a lot. yeah. You know, um, you know. Speaking of the Lions, they also hired uh, earlier this year. They also hired a new general manager. Uh, Brad Holmes, so the um, black general manager in Detroit, and now their new head coach, Dan Campbell, 
Really interested to see what they do there. They do have, in my opinion, one of the best and most unheralded quarterbacks in the NFL in Matthew Stafford, and obviously one of the best wide receivers in Galladay. So let's see what they do in Detroit. Philadelphia. Philadelphia was able to avoid the hiring of Adam Gase, uh, and they hired, though, a very young head coach, the former offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts, Nick Serrani, has spent 11 years as a quarterbacks and receivers coach um, with both the uh, with the Indianapolis Colts and other teams, has coached Rivers, has coached Luck, and coached Jacoby Prissett, and was able to keep uh, Indianapolis in top 10 in quarterback efficiency over those seasons. So, Philly really looking at him to hopefully solidify that Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz quarterback uh, area there. Big thing, though, in, again, what we're seeing with a lot of these head coaches, no play calling experience for Nick Serrani at any level in uh, Philadelphia. Matt is losing his mind over the hiring of Nick Serrani. I don't know if he's just happy to hire him. Nobody knows him like that. You know what I mean? Like, it is... Is Nick Sirianni, Sirianni, whatever, Shaq, you got it. I ain't gonna argue. <laughs> it, it, it don't matter if he's not known. It does matter. It, it matters a lot. It matters a lot. It matters everything. Like <laughs> Philadelphia, and, and and like Tay said, they're putting up too much face in Austin Wentz. I don't think Doug Peterson deserved what he got. That's just my opinion. I agree. But you know, whatever. Long live Nick. Sirani, Sirianni. Sirianni is actually a reggae artist, but we, we, we're not going to go there. <laughs> you know what? It, it, just considering the population of Philly, it'd be great if he came out to a Sirianni song. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I think that Philadelphia kind of missed the mark um, this year with um, the head coaches. I definitely see the – Offensive quarterback coaching experience of um, Sarani, but I feel as if Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson should have gotten another year, um, given the fact that he was the one who coached them through that Super Bowl win. Exactly. And, you know, it shows that they're trying to stick with Carson Wentz. It's like how many bricks and buildings have to fall on your head before you realize that, you know, maybe it's time to move on. And I think even with Hurts, you get what I'm saying? Like, I, I could see Peterson could have done better with Hurts. But, you know, to each his own. That's what I mean. Fly Eagles, fly Eagles fly right into the trash can. That's all right. That's cool. They only got one guy, one champion. One, well, not one, but, you know. When was the last time that they was really relevant as far as winning a championship? People weren't rooting for them. They were just rooting against the Patriots. That's, exactly. the, that's the difference. That's what you're yeah. supposed to do. That's the American way. That's what I'm saying. Go ahead, Pete. <laughs> no, I, uh, the Chargers also hiring a new head coach. Finally, the the Chargers keeping it local in Los Angeles as they hire the Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley. Obviously, hoping that he can bring the tenacity that he brought from the Rams defense to the Chargers uh, as their new head coach and. Washington, the Washington football team has hired a new GM. They've brought in Martin Mayhew as their general manager, formerly the general manager of the Lions from 2008 to 2015. Makes him the second black general manager in football behind the aforementioned Brad Holmes. Um, 
Interesting, interesting situation in Washington because the general manager actually reports to the head coach in Washington. Um, so everyone will be reporting to Ron Rivera, but Martin Mayhew, um, uh, uh, Herney, who was hired as the EVP of uh, player personnel, and um, Ron Rivera all have a great close relationship, so we'll see how that works. Uh, speaking of general managers, uh, former Packers general manager Ted Thompson, known uh, most – uh, notably for drafting Aaron Rodgers, trading Brett Favre, and winning Super Bowl 45 while constructing a team that won Super Bowl 45. Um, was the Packers general manager from 2005 to 2017, passed away this week at the age of 68 years old after a battle with uh, a, a, a disease that was taking a lot out of him. Uh, he moved from the GM's role to a consultant's role with the Packers uh, in 2018 and has been with them ever since. Um, in funny news... Real funny news in the NFL. Let's talk about some funny stuff in the NFL really quickly before we get to the big NFL story of the week. Uh, Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, signed Dwayne Haskins this week. Uh, a lot of interesting stories coming out of that uh, out of that signing. Is Big Ben retiring? Are they going to reclaim Dwayne Haskins? I will tell you this, though. If Mike Tomlin and the Steelers organization can turn Dwayne Haskins around, that's going to be a big story for them. After the way he failed in Washington, like, I think I think Dre started and then Dre froze. Our host is frozen. Uh, Queen, you you're muted. Our host is frozen at the moment, but um, I think if there's anybody that can get Dwayne Haskins into shape, it's Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin doesn't have time for for shenanigans and nonsense. And I think that if he if Haskins plays his cards right, you know he could be a decent second option going into first option. I don't think Ben is retiring this year. I see it more for it next season. Possibly. Um, funny story number two in the NFL this week. So talking about coaches being hired in the NFL. Everyone's been keeping up what's going on in Houston because of Dwayne Haskins. Uh, no, sorry, not Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Deshaun Watson. But story came out this week that the two candidates that Houston is interviewing for their head coaching position include Jim Caldwell, former coach of the Colts, Colts and the Lions. And uh, here's the kicker. Quarterback Josh McCown, who is currently under contract with the Houston Texans as a quarterback being interviewed for the possible head coach position. That is hilarious. Must be nice. And yet, ladies and gentlemen, I will say this every single time until it happens, Eric Bieniemy still does not have a head coaching job in the NFL. I, listen, I want to know how bad his resume is, how bad his interview skills is. Something has to be really off about Eric Bieniemy to the point that everybody in the NFL talks highly about him, and yet this man cannot get a job. Sounds familiar, don't it? It does. And the big story in the NFL this week and our wrap-up of the NFL quick hits for the week. 17 seasons is now over as Phillip Rivers has decided to retire as a quarterback in the NFL. He will be taking on a job as a high school football coach. Gotta love that. Gotta love it when, gotta love it when coach can still slang, right? You can't, can't be a quarterback on that team and say, I can't make that throw because... Coach Rivers is going to show you how to make that throw. Facts. 
Uh, but Phillip Rivers retired after 17 seasons, spent last season with the Indianapolis Colts, took them to the playoffs, uh, really solidified that position after the sudden retirement of uh, Phillip, uh, uh, Andrew Luck two seasons ago. Uh, and let's really talk really quickly about Phillip Rivers' uh, team here, right? He holds a record in every major passing category, right? As we all know, he was part of what people call the new 1980 quarterback draft in 2004, Right, it was uh, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, the three big quarterbacks in that draft. Philip Rivers has 134 wins, which is second all time for quarterbacks without a Super Bowl ring, and eighth all time in NFL history. The only players who have more wins than Philip Rivers: Brady, Peyton, Big Ben, Breeze, Farth, Elway, and Marino. He's fifth in league history in touchdowns. He is fifth in league history in passing yards, almost 65,000 passing yards. He made 240 straight starts, second only to Brett Favre's Ironman streak, had 12 4,000-yard seasons, um, and played through a torn ACL in his lone NFC championship game appearance. Uh, as we said, no Super Bowls, unfortunately, for um, Philip Rivers. So I ask you two questions. One, does Philip Rivers belong in the NFL Hall of Fame? And two, rings aside, rings aside, Rivers, Ben, Rivers, Ben, Eli, who are you taking? Rings aside. Uh, well, we spoke about it a little earlier. I said I still would possibly choose Big Ben, but Phil, Philip Rivers is not far away. You know, like I said, Eli only came into the, the, the conversation mainly because of the two Super Bowl wins that he got. That's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Look, I'm going with Ben, though. You can never get an unbiased opinion about Eli Manning from somebody. I, res I respect Eli Manning. I respect Eli Manning. So you would choose Eli Manning over, over Ben Roethlisberger. You would, you would choose Eli Manning over, over Ben Roethlisberger. Rook, yes. Rook, you serious? Yes. I would. But I'm biased. No, I would. All right. I would. What about you, Dre? All right. It's opinion. You're right. You're right. What, what about you, Dre? I know he's about to speak some bias. I'm picking Philip Rivers. I'm picking Philip <laughs> Rivers due to, um, again, a lot of longevity. Um, at Like Eli, um, like Ben. Um, he's very underrated. He has great vision. Um, he's not the most mobile, but he'll get the ball to where it needs to be. He doesn't throw a lot of – he never really threw a lot of interceptions, especially when his team was was even even when it was just eh. an so, ad. You can say it, garbage. Never so um, I, I'll take Phillip Rivers in this one. It's just sad he never really got to see or get a taste of what the Super Bowl is like, but it's not – necessarily a fault of his it's just circumstances being the way that they are yeah football is not just games are not just won by the quarterback you also remember the tight the Chargers defense most years were not good so you know, we, like we talk about the Saints and just not playing defense the Chargers are in that kind of category where Please don't bring up the same. They don't play defense. They were good offensively, not as good, but defensively, they were just, no. 
I mean, Please Sean Merriman. Me. Sean Merriman, I think, was the best defensive player on the on the Chargers during that time. Junior Seau had already left uh, Los Angeles at that at that time. Um, he had Ladanian Tomlinson as his running back, and T- Antonio Gates as his tight end, uh, and he had Vincent Jackson at wide receiver for a couple of years before Vincent went to Tampa Bay. Yeah. I think it's interesting to note, though, um, he didn't play quarterback as a starting quarterback for the first two seasons of his career. He sat behind. He was third string his first season, um, and his second season he was backup. Drew Brees was the starter both seasons, um, and his third season he really didn't start getting his groove until they opened the playbook midway through the season and realized that the kid could actually throw the ball. So you know, very interesting because I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Queen. Eli started what it was the 15th game or came in in relief on the 15th game of his uh, rookie season, then started his second season. Ben, I believe, Ben, I believe, started midway through his first season after replacing an injured Tommy Maddox and then was, you know, entrenched as the starting quarterback in his second season. Right. So I know that. All right. We give Philip Rivers his flowers. He deserves his flowers. He has great longevity. And I do feel the fact that those Chargers teams that he was the quarterback for, the reason why he's so unsung is because, like you guys said, they weren't great teams, right? But I do say this. If you if you tell me Ben, Eli, um, Phillip Rivers, taking, Phillip River, taking Ben out the equation, because you do remember that it was a trade between Phillip Rivers and Eli Manning that caused Phillip Rivers to go to the Chargers and Eli to go to the Giants. So why, what I will say is this. I do not think you get those two Super Bowl rings with Phillip Rivers. I do think you get those two I agree Super Bowl with Eli I, Manning. You I, get Eli, yeah, Eli Manning is spectacular in those moments. You're right. You're right. I can't even argue with you that. You got it. Yeah, of course. So that is why, you know, I take Eli over Phillip Rivers. It's not even just about the ring. You know, just the winning. Just I'm talking about the playmaking down the wire in those games. Those are close games. Those are close Super Bowl-type games. You get what I'm saying? And I feel as if Eli was the quarterback that I would trust during those moments ahead of Phillip Rivers. Now, Phillip Rivers is going to give you yardage that Eli couldn't give you. You get what I'm saying? Big Ben is going to give you that transition that Phillip Rivers can't give you. You get what I'm saying? The, the, the drop back in the pocket. Big Ben is big. For, he's a huge guy. So it's it's hard. It was harder in his prime to take him down. You get what I'm saying? But Eli, being the scraggly one of the bunch, I felt as if he was the one that had the better the the better football IQ. But yes, I do feel Philip Rivers deserves a place in the Hall of Fame. He is to the Chargers what Dan Marino was to the Dolphins. You know, all, all the Patrick Ewings to the Knicks. You know, always a bridesmaid, never a bride, but somebody who who we never really spoke of him and in, in throughout the years because the Chargers didn't make that much noise outside of their division. Yeah. So, but I, I feel as if Philip Rivers has a career that he should not feel like sad about. I mean, I mean, he never made it to the big dance, but the things that he's been able to do were great. I feel like he's a, a great quarterback for all intents and purposes, but. You know, if I had to choose, I was going to go with Eli just because of the football IQ down the wire. He has a better football IQ than Ben Roethlisberger did. You know, it's interesting. All three of those teams played in the same conference. Um, All three of those quarterbacks played in the same conference. All of them played in the AFC. Um, 
you know, Ben, Eli, and Rivers. Hey, um, uh, NFC. NFC, sorry, yeah. All of them played in the NFC in, in Ben, Eli, and, and Rivers, and it's very interesting Wait, because – Ben is in the AFC. All right, so two and two and one. I apologize. Uh, yeah. uh, Eli's in the in the NFC. Um, ben and, and Ben and Philip in the in the AFC. I think it's interesting. Two thousand and four draft. You think all three quarterbacks uh, go to the Hall of Fame? Ben, Eli, and and Philip. I think all three of them do. And Ben's the last one standing. If he if he comes back next season, Ben is the last one standing of all three. Um, and let's move on to our top story and our final story of quick hits. As uh, Dre also said in the very beginning of our episode this week, uh, Major League Baseball, in my opinion, the world, and most importantly, the African-American sports community lost one of its most staunchest and most important figures in all probably the last century when Hank Henry Aaron passed away this week. Um, the home, uh, in my opinion, the home run king. I'm sorry, 755 is the number. I don't care how many home runs Barry Bonds has on the record, 755 is the number. For those of you who don't know the breakdown of Henry Aaron's career, let's go through this, right? He has, he's third in league history in hits, um, third in games played, run, uh, sorry. First in games played, first in runs scored, 755 home runs, first in RBIs, first in total bases, first in extra base hits. He was the NL MVP in 1957 when the Milwaukee, then Milwaukee Braves won the World Series, a two-time batting champion, a three-time gold glover in right field, and a 25-time, count that, 25-time Consecutive years, by the way. The only times he was not an all-star was his first season and his last season. 25 consecutive years, Henry Aaron started an all-star game in in Major League Baseball. Um, We all know about the death threats that Hank Aaron had to deal with as he got closer and closer to breaking then Babe Ruth's home run record. We've seen the iconic clip of the day that he hits the 700, uh, his home run to break Babe Ruth's record. And as he's trotting around the bases, you have fans coming out to, to you know touch him on the base pass. And at that point, no one knowing whether these fans were going to be dangerous or not to Henry Aaron. Um, and we've seen that iconic clip. Actually, a young Craig Sager in that clip, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but Henry Aaron passed away. And I just want to say this. This is what's interesting uh, for anyone who knows baseball. I want you to think, uh, uh, my, my three teammates, to think of this for uh, a minute. In the, in the era of baseball that was the 50s and the 60s, from day one of the season, you could already write it in. Here was the starting outfield for almost 10-plus years in the All-Star game. For 10-plus years, here was the starting outfield. Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Roberto Clemente. Okay? I don't think you can find a better outfield in the history of baseball. Right? And for at least a decade-plus, without question, that was the starting outfield for the Major League Baseball All-Star game. Um... We, we, we wish the, the family of Henry Aaron uh, and all of his fans, uh, and especially the African-American sports community who lost an absolute icon this week. Um, we wish them all the best. Thank you, Henry Aaron, for everything you've done for the game of baseball, for every young 
black man who ever wanted to play the game of baseball uh, and for every young black athlete who ever thought that they couldn't do it, Henry Aaron was one of our earliest uh, and most prolific uh, icons. And we, we wish you all the best and thank you for everything. That was a beautiful tribute, Pete. Beautiful. Definitely, definitely beautiful. Definitely oh, beautiful. before we go, mind you, you, you want to know what's funny, uh, uh, Queen? When he got into the Hall of Fame, you know what percentage of the vote he got? What? 97.8% of this the vote. One of the highest vote. It is one of the highest vote totals ever. I don't think anyone's gotten in unanimously in baseball, but I think That's one of the highest vote totals. One of the highest vote totals. You know what's funny? Babe Ruth didn't even get in unanimously uh, when he was voted in. I think one of the highest was my boy Derek Jeter, though. I think yes. it was one person. I think he would have gotten a perfect um, induction apart from one vote. One person. Yeah, yeah that's it. It was, and I don't want to say, uh, oh, sorry. No, there was one unanimous. I do apologize. Mariano Rivera got in with 100% of the vote. Um, and then obviously Derek Jeter. Griffey got in with 99.3%. Um, you know, so 97.8% for our boy Henry Aaron um, to the Hall walking, of Fame. He is a walking sports about this. Yeah. I completely it is crazy. I forgot, I forgot about Mo. I forgot I, about I, I, Mo getting in unanimously. If people don't know, Shaq is very important to this show. <laughs> yo, we got to love Shaq. Yo, shout yo, out to Shaq. Where do y'all stand? Um, Henry Aaron, home run king, or Barry Bonds? It's not even a question. <laughs> Hank Aaron. I'm going with Hank Aaron. I'm sorry, I am. I'm gonna have to go with Hank Aaron. Barry Bonds, uh had help. You got the roids, baby. I, I can't uh can't this can't kinda sweep can't you can't yeah. you can't push that under the rug at all. Yeah, definitely no. Hank Aaron. Yeah, so, seven five is a number. We ain't paying head and shoulders no more. Hank Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that was a quick hit, hit for the week of January 23rd. Thank you, Pete. Let's get right into today's topics. <laughs> Let's get right into th to, um, the top story. UFC 257 is tonight, um, Saturday, when everybody listens to this on um, <laughs> other platforms. But um, the main event is Conor McGregor versus Daniel Poirier 2. This is the second time they have um, they will be scoring off against each other the first time. Um, Conor won decisively. Uh, <laughs> um, but um, here's Poirier. the problem. So knocked out from that. He was. <laughs> yeah. he, he was gone. He was calling foul. He was like, no, he hit me behind the head. No, boy, you got you got <laughs> clipped. You should have never bent down. Got clipped. Sure. In the first so, round. The uh, one of the main points of this um this particular fight is Connor hasn't fought in over a year. Um and but Poria just fought in June. Is that gonna be an issue for, for Connor? And how do you guys think the fight is gonna turn out? Tell you, I'll start with you. Well, how I do feel it's going to be an issue for Conor because this was a guy prior to 2016 that was headlining UFC matches every six or seven months. And I feel as if Conor, anything that Conor is involved with with the UFC has the uh, 
the ability to be great, right? Connor is some. We need to see how amazing he can be tonight. I think this is more pressure for him um, to show that he still has it. You know, people, even though he won against Cowboy Cerrone, I think last year uh, around this time, you know, people still can't get the stink of his loss to Khabib out of their memories. So at the end of the day, I feel as if Connor needs to show people that he's still a viable superstar in the UFC. Granted, you know, he's done amazing things for the brand. Between him and Ronda Rousey, I don't know anybody in, I would say, in the mid-2010s who were more integral to the MMA UFC brand. So I feel as if he's going to win tonight. I think that it may not be as decisive as it was the first time around. But uh, Poirier um, has an opportunity to kind of shock the world. But I do see it going um, McGregor's way. Um, just quick follow up. To, no, I'll I'll ask this after I go around. So, uh, Matt, what are your thoughts? Um, if anybody paid attention to the first fight between um, Dustin Poirier and um, Conor McGregor, it was I, in my opinion, it was kind of lopsided. I felt like Conor was toying with him. Again, um, this is real early with their with with that with that first fight that they had and. You know, he's he's added some more to his repertoire in a sense, but it's just something about Conor McGregor's southpaw and that stance and that confidence that you just you it, like Tay said, it's just it's just money to a to a degree. And yeah, we can't get we can't wash that Khabib um match out of our brains because of how he 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 tapped Conor McGregor out and he held on to it because it was personal. He was talking about um, Khabib's mom and his and, and his wife, which is things you don't do. And um, this is what kind of off limits. We huh? don't. The thing is, there's nothing off limits. You know, no offense, but if we don't know what Khabib said to him either, right? True, but mama's mama should always be off limits. I'm sorry. If if, I, we're, I, beefing, if we're beefing, I'm talking about everybody. And and, and, and I'm talking about everybody. I mean, I that's you. even like a code of the street. Like even in the streets, there's some dude, there's some hard dudes out in the streets that won't say nothing about your mama. They'll say a lot of things about you, I'm but they won't say about something about your mama. I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about everybody. That's right. usually that and you, know, you know it. You know it. And you say, Queen, you know it, where we all grew up, Dre, you know it. The minute your mama gets brought up, automatic fight. Yeah, you can you can you can I'm coming at you before you even get a chance to say mom. So I don't even But that's what I'm saying. Connor did that and he got tapped out and Khabib held on like he was not gonna let go. I think the shenanigans outside the ring when after the match happened was the thing that I think tarnished Khabib too. Don't get it twisted. Connor was talking a lot of trash. He got tapped out, but then ended up still looking like the hero to the mainstream media because Khabib and his team acted like straight animals after the match. This is a fact. And honestly, let's call a spade a spade. This is supposed to be technically a warm-up match for Connor to like add more to his to his record and honestly to get more money for the UFC because the big money fight is Khabib and, and McGregor. And granted, Khabib is retired. Right, yeah. I'm doing the air quotes for those that are listening on podcast form. He's retired and he wants a he wants a he wants a, a big name fight 
apparently, but he doesn't, he don't, want, he doesn't want McGregor. And I don't, I, 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 maybe it could be, maybe it could be a mental thing. He doesn't want to go through all of that again. Or maybe he's really, he really realized that maybe McGregor can actually beat him this time. Because McGregor. I think, absolutely. I think absolutely. Because look at, look at Diaz. And I think the Diaz loss was more embarrassing for, for McGregor, to be honest with you. I think that, that that was one that I people didn't see coming. You know what I'm yeah. saying? People knew Khabib was a problem. You get what I'm saying? So they knew that it was going to be harder for him to do the same shenanigans against Khabib that he got away with with Nate. You know what I'm saying? With, uh, Again, he, get, he gets Khabib on like, like if they're, they're squaring up, he has all chance in the world. But if he gets on the ground... We don't know. That's Khabib's terrain. So, yeah, I mean, I I just feel like that was a fluke. I feel like it was a fluke win. I don't feel like you put them two together again. I don't see the same result happening. And the thing is, I feel like if Khabib was that, you know, offended by Connor, you get what I'm saying? Offended by the things that he did, and he had the advantage because he won. Why you don't want to fight this man again? Why? Like I said, it could be a mental thing, you know. Like it could be, it could be it was too much for him, you know. Like the the, the background of everything, it could be. Like I said, it could be, it could have been that. Maybe he doesn't want to deal with the headache that Conor McGregor brings, because Lord knows Conor McGregor is something special. You want that Conor McGregor money though. You you want that Conor McGregor fight purse. Oh, definitely. That's, that's oh, definitely. a big difference. Definitely. That's a big difference. This man got into Mayweather. And I think that was yeah. the biggest payday in his life. I'm saying that yep. he might be going into the ring with Manny Pacquiao, which might be another big, a bigger payday than he would have ever gotten in the UFC. You get what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, I think Connor is bigger than the UFC at this point. And like you said, I think this is an, an, an exhibition match for him to show his fans that he still yeah. has something in the tank. But he cannot come into this match. Um, he cannot come into this fight overconfident because yeah, that's what shook him. With, when I when I saw him going into the ring against Khabib, I felt like he was distracted because of the Mayweather fanfare that came from it. That made him an international name in a way that you know didn't do before. So he yeah. got caught up in all that nonsense, and I think that it, this is different. It kind of it kind of goes both because Dustin Poirier can he can square up too. And if you watch the first fight, he hit Connor a good a good amount. He 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 George at Connor a good a good amount. So if they like again, Connor's stance is fighting. He'll square up with you. He looks for that knock. He look. He looks for that kick. He looks for that knockout hit. So, if you know if Poirier can get a good shot on him, because again, it's been it's been a good year and change since Connor's been in the ring. He's he's fairly fresh. He has a shot, but. He can't let Connor get in his head like he did at the first fight because Connor's arms was down. He was playing with him, and then he and then when Poirier linked in, he got hit in the back of his head, and that was that was all she wrote for him. So you can't go in there sleeping because he's good with his stance. He's good. But yeah, but um, I think that even with um Cowboy Cerrone, I think Cowboy Cerrone had a tougher jaw than Poirier does. That, I agree. That, that cowboy yeah. Toronto, he could take a hit. Yeah. yeah, that's one guy that could take a hit. Yeah. Here's my thing. 
And I think Izzy, Izzy in our comments said it the best, right? Connor's a brand at this point. Connor, and I feel like that's always the problem with UFC fighters, with boxers. When you move beyond being a fighter, when you move beyond being just being the person that needs to survive by being in the ring, by being in the octagon, you lose something. You lose focus. You lose tenacity. Right. And we see this a lot with UFC fighters once they become a bit big. Right. This is why, for me personally, I will always be a fan of old school beginner UFC back in the day when it was a lot of no name guys. I mean, Hoist Gracie is still the most well known person, the Shamrocks, the Gracies, all of that. Uh, a couple of other uh, fighters to come out of the OG uh, UFC. But most people don't talk about them unless they're OG fans uh, of MMA, right? They never became household names. They never became international names. They never became these big multimedia stars. Connor does. Chuck Liddell did. And what happened when those things happened to those, to those stars? They start to lose focus. They start to lose that sharpness. They start to lose that edge. Why? Because the fighting and the winning in the, in the ring or in the octagon is not as important for them because their brand has now surpassed the fight. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Connor's brand was built on winning in the UFC. Once his brand surpassed the UFC, he don't need to win. In the UFC. That's why Connor could walk away from the UFC and it's not that big of a deal because now, because you said it, Connor is bigger than the UFC. Yeah, the UFC, you know. you, the UFC needs Connor McGregor more than Connor McGregor needs the UFC. Right? That's true. Um, and, That's and so true. at the end of the day, we, we've seen the UFC discard its top talent after one or two losses, three losses. You get wow. to three losses in the UFC. You're not a star for them anymore. That's it, right? And but McGregor's not going to be that talent because McGregor's bigger than the UFC. Here's the thing: Matt made a great point. McGregor's striking game is on par with some of the best. The only thing that really gives me a lot of hope for McGregor in this fight is that McGregor said, and it could be BS or whatever. He said he went back to a lot of his old training regimen. He got back in touch with the old McGregor way of doing things. If Conor McGregor Walks in there as Conor McGregor. He's gonna he's gonna knock this kid out again. He's going to do what Conor McGregor does. But if he walks in there, okay, with that with that with that Jefferson walk, thinking he untouchable, okay, and he ain't really focused on this, he's gonna get his behind handed to him because sometimes I think McGregor fails to remember you are a fighter first. Everything else comes second when it comes to the Khabib fight. I don't, I'm not going to take anything away from Khabib. Khabib's a monster. But I think McGregor's mind was not in that fight. McGregor's mind was on everything before that fight, was on all the BS leading up to that fight. McGregor wasn't in that fight as a fighter. McGregor was, McGregor lost that fight before he walked into that octagon. This is what I'm going to say in response to the losing focus on the sport, right? You're the best until somebody becomes a little bit better than you. You get what I'm saying? You're not going to always stay on top. You know, injuries happen. These guys, they're destroyed after these matches. You get what I'm saying? And sometimes rehab takes longer than others. And, like, it happened with Ronda. 
know what I'm saying? There was a, a five or six year stretch where nobody was touching Ronda Rousey. You get what I'm saying? And Hon and uh, Holly Holm, you know, knocked her out. Basically, people thought it was a fluke. Then she got knocked out again by who? Amanda Nunes, I think it was. It was Nunes, right? But I don't feel it because she lost focus. I feel as if people scout out your your strengths, your weaknesses. Everybody loves a winner. Everyone's trying to mimic your style. And then sometimes they get you on things that they're better at. You know what I'm saying? I don't feel like like people like Chuck and Ronda lost sight. I think that if Ronda was still winning, she would have not left the UFC. You get what I'm saying? But over time, like with Mike Tyson, he was knocking everybody out. You get what I'm saying? And then people become better than you. People become better than you. People become stronger than you. People become faster than you while you're being the company's workhorse. You get what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, I do agree with you, Pete, that if Conor McGregor does come there as Conor McGregor the businessman and not Conor McGregor the fighter, this he's going to have a long night with Poirier. You get what I'm saying? But I feel as if he's he needs to prove it to himself and to the sport that he's still the king in the ring. And if he goes in with that mind, Queen, I think he walks out in it tonight. I just can't wait to see it. For sure, for sure. For sure, I can't wait to see it either. Um, the NBA, it's been said that if the Knicks are good, um, and Tay said this on the show too, she said this a few times, and she said it recently, if the Knicks are good, the NBA is even better. And Let's be real. It, it's true. At this present moment, the Knicks are eight and nine, and the team across the bridge, the Brooklyn Nets, are nine and eight. They are hovering. They are covering the seventh and eighth spots in in the Eastern Conference. Um, with the most recent trade and how the Knicks have been playing, um. Who is the better team? Who realistically is the better team? The the Nets. The Nets are still the better team. New York, the Knicks are still New York's team. Mm -hmm. But the Nets are the better team because I feel as if what what, what what the Nets are going through are growing pains. You get what I'm saying? I feel like you have a lot of talent in Brooklyn, superstar talent in Brooklyn. The Knicks have team talent which is a lot different. You get what I'm saying? The Knicks, to me, are more of a solid, cohesive team, kind of mimicking more of the Bulls, the 2010-2011 Bulls. There are no clear D. Roses on the squad. There's no clear Joaquin Noahs on the squad. But you do have a squad that if you insert a superstar in there, it changes the kind of the conversation about the Knicks. I think the Knicks are one superstar or a superstar and a half away from being a really scary team in the Eastern Conference. I feel like the Nets have the tools, but the Nets have something that the Knicks don't have, and that's ego. You have a lot of divas on that team that want to be divas, that want to that wanna be the top guy. You know, you have the Hardens, you know what I'm saying, who left the Houston like, like a baby. You have Kyrie Irving, you get what I'm saying, who, you know, it doesn't feel like his mind is into the game. You have Kevin Durant, who is an offensive – he's the best offensive player in this generation. So you can't say that – Then I can't compare the two. I feel like the Nets are definitely going to figure it out and go further. 
I feel like the Nets have a lot of odds on them, similar to the 2008 Celtics, similar to mm. the, the 2010 Miami Heat. You want to see if three guys who are supposedly in their prime, if they can coincide and become this super team. You get what I'm saying? And I feel like the Knicks have a super team in the making similar to the Spurs. You get what I'm saying? So it's a different type of role for both teams. Agree, Pete. I I agree with a lot that um, Tay said. I, I wouldn't put the Knicks on that level yet or up in there. Um, I I do I think they, they have. have I didn't say they were yeah. there yet. I think you know R.J. Barrett has really grown in front of our eyes this year. Uh, I will be the first to say that I I trashed R.J. Barrett hard. Uh, thought he was going to be a bust, and R.J. Barrett has really uh, started to show that he does have skills. Um, I think we're starting to see the Thibodeau effect on the team. But then again, Tom Thibodeau teams, year one, year two, really good. It's about year three that they start to – the wheels really start to fall off of Tom Thibodeau teams, and you start mm -hmm. to see the fractures. You start to see the fractures in that coach-player relationship and things like that with Thibodeau teams. So – the honeymoon phase for Thibodeau is, is, is in full swing right now. Um, there's a lot of young pieces on the Knicks. Still have a question mark to me. Is Mitchell Robinson going to be a quality starting and NBA uh, center? Julius Randle is not – Julius Randle's playing for his next contract. Julius Randle's not saying he has been – he has been the best player on the Knicks this season uh, without question. Um, but Julius Randle is – is a veteran. He's not a building block, right? Um, I want to see more out of Emmanuel quickly. I want to see more out of Obi Toppin, who really is coming off the bench a lot right now. I want to see more out of, I really want to see more out of Kevin Knox, because like, what are we doing with this kid, right? But there's a lot of question marks around the Knicks in terms of, you know, where they, where do they go next? I think this offseason is going to be the big one for the Knicks, because the question of, can you now attract players to New York? Can you draft correctly? Because that has been the Knicks' biggest problem is drafting, especially in the last couple of years. They don't really draft great talent. If they do, they get rid of them too quick. I'm looking at you, Kristaps Porzingis, right? Nobody – but the Knicks won that Kristaps Porzingis side. Let me tell you something. Kristaps Porzingis is overrated. That's 100%. Second best player in Dallas right now. Okay, who cares about Dallas? I don't care about Dallas. Nobody, in the grand scheme of things, outside of Luka, right, nobody cares about the Dallas Mavericks besides Luka. And um, when Mark Cuban trends more than Kristaps Porzingis, nobody gives it, nobody cares about Porzingis. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the Knicks got on the upside of not having Porzingis around. I think I mean, it's I'm going to comment on your Tom Thibodeau um Teams thing, right? Okay. The only thing that prevented the Bulls in that 2010, 2011, 2012 swing from getting a ring was D Rose's knees. Yes. yes. And what we know is is very it was very very injury prone. You get what I'm saying? I feel like Tom Thibodeau. Look at the teams that he was involved with at the times he was involved with them. Uh huh. And he was in San Antonio as an assistant head coach when David Robinson was was running the roost, and they were almost on. Almost there. 
He was at the Knicks from 96 to 04. You get what I'm saying? When it was kind of their glory years post that for, for that uh that first 90s fail in the um NBA finals. Mr. Jeff Van Gundy. He was integral, you get what I'm saying, to that uh Boston Celtics team yes. that won that NBA championship. And then what he was able to do with Chicago, he pulled them out of and even it, with Minnesota, he did great things with Minnesota before he, things fell off. But I'm just talking about, it, but but do things fall fall off because of the superstar talent that can't stay healthy, or is it, and that causes the fracture? I you think know? a part of it. I think a part of it, Queen, is part of it has to do with superstars not not necessarily falling apart, but superstars becoming superstars in the fact that Thibodeau's the kind of coach that you want to run through a wall for. Superstars aren't really necessarily going to run through a wall for anybody. And so I feel like once once a couple of stars kind of get too big for themselves, they're like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to play the defense the way you want me to play. He never had a Kyrie. He, you know, Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose is a tragic – I think that he is somebody as great as he was under Thibodeau. He could have been much better had he stayed healthy. But yes. I don't think the fractures start with the, the coach-player relationship. I get what you're saying, that the superstar, the, the Don Diva type of thing. I get that. You get what I'm saying? And I feel like that's what the Brooklyn Nets problem is. And I feel like Steve Nash is too new. You know what I'm saying? I think he's going to do good with the team. But I feel like Steve Nash, when you when you put the tail of the two tapes with the coaches, right? If, if Thibodeau had what Steve Nash has in a roster, the Knicks would run – Rough shot through ninety percent of the East and about fifty percent of the West. I agree, except that I would say I would argue that Thibodeau's system wouldn't work with a team like that. It can, if they're humble enough. It can, but if the they're team, humble enough. I think that he would do good things with Kyrie because if you had Kyrie Harden and and um and KD, Kyrie's the better defender than Harden and and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is not known for defense at all. You get what I'm saying? He's capable of playing it. He's just not. Uh, his, yeah, la- his last couple of years, his years in Golden State, he he was up there in defense. He's not a defensive player of the year caliber. No, no, but, no. But I get what you're about to say. No, no, I, get, no, I, get, I get I get 100% what no, you're about no, to say. No, 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 no. Just because you had to play defense mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're good at defense. You just because you, cause you have uh, Steph Curry – Throwing up seventy-two shots a game, and Clay Thompson throwing up fifty. You know, then you see this one guy just in this defensive stance like this. Doesn't mean that he's playing good defense. Period. I feel, I feel like you're talking about Draymond. <laughs> <laughs> That's Go ahead, go ahead, Matt. All right, it's a rare form, but I full on agree with what Tavia said. Uh, Pete, I don't think. The blame should ever really be on Tom Thibodeau as far as the the downfall of Chicago or I don't put it on tips. No, no, I'm just saying like as far as the cracks that you explain, again, it it, it does go back to injury because Derrick Rose knee went bad twice. Luol Dang was very injury prone. Joe Kim knows we he was missing in action plenty of times because of injury, and then he gets to Minnesota and Carl Anthony Towns gets hurt. Wiggins got hurt a couple times, so you can't really necessarily say it's cracks in the foundation. It's just the substance of 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 the uh, of the league and and how 
demanding the travel schedule as far as playing back-to-back road games, and then sometimes you might get hurt. It is what it is. So, like what Xavier said, the Nets is still the the bet. I'm not going to say the better team. They're the favorite team as far as going further in the playoffs. Uh, the Knicks, overwhelmingly, and and I'm I'm like kind of shocked to say it, they're number one in defense right now, which which is a breath of fresh air. It's almost resemblance to the to the '90 Knicks. It's a breath of fresh air. It, that's New York basketball defense. Let's be 100. It's, it's it's New York basketball. It's what the city thrives on, that yeah. cutthroat defense. So I love what I'm saying. I love the foundation of what's being created right now. Uh, you mentioned Kevin Knox earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Knox has took a nosedive as far as his points per game. So Bro. I don't think they have much faith in what's going on with him. He was averaging 12. 12.8, I believe, in, in, in the beginning stages of it. And I think he's like down to like nine or eight. And, and he's not rebounding as much as he used to. Uh, Julius Randle, I believe Julius Randle is going to stay with the Knicks because they got the money to give him the contract that he wants. So I do believe he's going to remain a Nick because they love what they are saying. And he is bringing it. He's coached. He's helping. He's helping put that faith in these new guys that are that are in the league like the RJ Barrett that you just that you just mentioned, the OB Toppins that you just mentioned. Uh Noel, he's playing he I, I was very critical of Nerlens Noel. Well, you you I was OD. very critical. You was a bit OD with me you spoke about I'm like, come yeah. on, bro. It's not that bad. It's cuz it's cuz I'm remembering how he played in in Philly and 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 what he eventually became in in New Orleans. So I like I love how this Nick group is playing now are they going to go far in 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 the playoffs no not right now like tavia said they're probably like a like an all-star superstar away from and even though i really believe julius i think julius randall might actually make the all-star team this year the way he's playing he he definitely will he's he's playing He's playing. He's playing solo ball, but it's helping the Knicks. It's helping the Knicks, like you just said. You're right. You know, in 49 episodes, this was the second episode Chris Porzingis was even even mentioned. I have a and quick I, question. I was gonna get to that. that yeah. What was the first? <laughs> yeah. Was, was 2010 the first year of the Big Three in Miami? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, because I was just yeah, looking yeah. at Thibodeau's first year with the Bulls. They went all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals and lost to Miami. And now yeah, everybody gets to that too. His first year with the Bulls. It yeah. wasn't just the knee problems. They had to run into LeBron. I'm not going to say because they Did ran into that. Come back for, he didn't come back for that series, right? Absolutely no. not. Did no. He? They, 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 they. How, how many games did it go to? I don't remember. Uh, five games. Miami won four one. Yeah, but but they still. Let me tell you something. They still made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Without Derrick Rose, who was there, who was looking to be it, who he was looking to be on that Mount Rushmore of that 2010 to 2020 decade. You get what I'm saying? So no, I, Rose played in that series, but he had just come back from a what a torn a torn something. Uh, Rose played. Rose played all five games. Um, average yeah, twenty three points. Twenty three points. 
They didn't have something. There was something that they were missing from that That's series. That's not the year that he got hurt. I don't think. That's the year he came back. I believe he came back late. Into don't the get playoffs. me. Don't get me. All right. Don't get me started. But like that, that's neither here nor there. Tom Thibodeau had to run into injuries and ultimately LeBron. So I don't put that on him. It's just a matter of look. One player is not going to beat that Miami team. Let's just be one hundred. That it, you can't put that on Tom Thibodeau and say that there's cracks in the foundation of that. His defense, he's he's one of the best defensive mind coaches in the league right now. And I will stand by that. I'll put a stamp on it. Anybody that's willing to argue with me, bring it. But I'm not going to put that on Tom Thibodeau. So when they hired Tom Thibodeau, I know me and Tavia spoke about it on the show one time. I was like, they could have got somebody else. I'm not mad that they got Tom Thibodeau. I was happy I, about that. I was, kinda, I was like, all right, I want to see what it does. It's a young core. Let's see if he he elevates RJ Barrett's defensive intensity. At the time, we did not they did not have Julius Randle. That um, I mean not Julius Randle. Um, at the time, we wasn't sure about the Obi Toppin thing because I don't think that they were going to get Obi Toppin. I didn't even think he was going to go that far down in the draft, honestly. But that was my that was just you know then. But the Nets, well, no, let me get back to the Chris Porzingis thing. The Knicks did win that trade. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that they didn't. They won that trade. Why? Because he wasn't happy. He didn't want to play there. He, he him and Jones Dolan were going at it. It, it just it was a bad situation. And he's he, very unpro. He he the way he handled even the playoffs. He's immature. He, he was immature. We know he, that. But you know, to be honest with you, it, there's no there's no excuse for it. I feel like when when Kyrie does immature things, there's no excuse for it. You've been in the league now for some time. You get what I'm saying? Your professionalism to me. Hard work and professionalism trumps talent to me. So when I see that you're a talent with, with very lack of respect for the millions of dollars that you're making, you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to look at you as that superstar level, even though you are being paid as that much and you're being branded as such. You know what I'm saying? Like, the thing is, what we're seeing with the Nets is the same growing pains, like I said before, that the big three and the big two and Boston went through, and the big two in Miami went through because big Chris Boss was not a part of that big three for me, and you know how I feel about poor Pitt. <laughs> I was thinking, I'm like, two? <laughs> like, I, for, I forget. Allen. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember. And then LeBron and Wade. So big two, 2.5? See, here's my thing about the, the Porzingis trade. We're gonna and yes, from from the side of Porzingis not being happy, his relationship with Dolan, all of that stuff. Yes, one hundred percent. And the injuries. That's and, the main thing. The right, main but, thing but, was look, injuries, right? Which Dallas is still dealing with, right? But we, <laughs> you know, but here's the thing. I think it's really gonna come as a question of what, because the only thing the Knicks have left from that trade. Wesley Matthews is gone. He was a throw-in. He's gone. DeAndre Jordan's with the Nets now. He's gone. Dennis Smith Jr. was a bust. He's gone, right? The only thing we have left from that trade is the two first-round picks, the 2021 first-round pick and the 2023 first-round pick. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can turn those picks into something because obviously Dallas is going to have a very good record this year. And so if that pick is able to be turned into something, either a good player at the bottom of the first round or traded for something to move up in the first round or even another player. So the, those two picks are going to be telling because right now, right now it ends up being Porzingis for two first round picks. 
um, that you haven't even been able to cash in on yet. And right now, Porzingis has been able to help Luka Doncic go to the playoffs twice. I think and from cost your, him a game. Right. From and from your standpoint, from your standpoint of what was going on in the organization, his injuries at the time, his unhappiness, yes, he needed to go. I think though, if we want to play armchair time traveler, if we can rewrite what happened in the Knicks those couple of years between the way Dolan was involved, Phil Jackson being the GM, all that stuff. I think the Kristaps Porzingis situation turns out differently. And I think Porzingis could have been a very beneficial player for the Knicks in that time period and moving forward. But because of what did happen, yes, he needed to go. I think the Phil Jackson thing is not spoken about enough about how that kind of turned a lot of things around. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and that that is not spoken no. about enough. <laughs> it was as if he just <laughs> he hated the Knicks in the 90s and hated <laughs> the Knicks and you know it was just that was his like, first title was cousin the Knicks. Yeah, but you know no one he no won one a title with the Knicks. That's the nobody thing remembers do. nobody remembers that. I don't remember I forgot he was on the team until I saw it. Everybody does nobody thinks about Phil Jackson being on the Knicks. <laughs> no, didn't even Phil Jackson as a player. Always, he, yeah, he's always synonymous with the 90s so, Bulls, which were the biggest foils to the Knicks and Patrick Ewing. You get what I'm saying? I do feel, let me tell you something here. I do feel we look at these teams in the next two years, the Knicks might be better. Because the we have these superstars who've been in the league now for about 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Their stock, you know, it, it's a they're a, a team for now. They're a now and never type of team. Like, if they don't win a ring within the next year or two, that team in the Nets in Brooklyn is going to be considered a bust. Yeah. It is. And, well, uh, Harden, if Harden and KD – I think the question is going to be if KD resigns, right? No. If KD resigns with the Nets, um, then I think you have a building block for something where you can build around KD, maybe Harden. Um, but am, I building a, am I still building around KD 10 plus years into the league, though? Well, 10 years? No, I'm talking about the end of his at the end oh, of his okay. contract. How far is your time step? Are you saying like two, three? Because they got Harden for three. Um. I think they, 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 they got harder for two. They got championship in two years. It's going to be a bust. Let me tell you something. Yeah, everybody talk about LeBron chasing rings. Nobody chased a ring harder than Kevin Durant. Nobody. Nobody. You get what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, we're gonna know if James Harden and, and KD had that chemistry. Or if it was Russ who was the glue in between that really made them what they were in the 2010s. Well, right now the Nets offensively they can, they're, they're they're strong. It's just a matter of they have a terrible defense they, and they have no bench. Horrible. They have no bench. They have no defense. Bench. They have no big. They have nobody to protect the paint at all. Like when your second big man. When your second big man, when DeAndre Jordan goes on the bench and they play small, when your center, when you play small, is Jeff Green, okay, when Jeff Green is getting almost 30-plus minutes a game in this era of the NBA, that's a problem. That's a problem. That's garbage. That's garbage right there. It is garbage. I think if this one goes small, they'll put Kevin Durant on five. It looks almost like D'Antoni ball out there to me. It does, does, and that's what I said. And that's exactly what I said when D'Antoni was on. And I always said that D'Antoni ball does not get you the ring. 
it gets you to the playoffs, the second round of the playoffs, if, if, if that much, with KD Eastern Conference Finals because of KD only. Yeah, I could see I could see the Nets. I could see the Nets blasting through the East, right? Blasting. They're gonna they're gonna they're going to outscore most teams. They're going to outscore most teams with the three players they have on the court. But if anybody misses any significant time due to injury, um, they're they're screwed. And they, they have no bench. They really have no bench. So when those players come off, you know, it's you know, and here's the problem. In my world, when I'm thinking X's and O's, I'm thinking, yo, instead of, yeah, all three start. But instead of all three being on the court at once, we should be rotating so it's two of them on the court at any given time for most of the game so that you're keeping at least one somewhat fresh. You play the three of them in spurts, but you're rotating two of them on the court so that it's it's a two-headed monster, not a three-headed monster, and you're getting you're getting some rest for these guys. Because if these guys keep running 38, 39, 40 minutes a game, they're not gonna have any gas left for the playoffs. I just hope that they get they figure out the point where I feel like James Harden can lead that that second unit, even though he's starting. I feel like he can lead that second unit better than than, than Kyrie could. Granted, Kyrie's scoring and, and he's he's ultimately playing too. So he's not on the ball as much. Um, James Harden is distributing, which is 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 okay. It's just they're gonna they're getting pounded out in the paint. They're they're getting out rebound. I think I think Cleveland out rebound them fifty two to like twenty eight, if I'm not mistaken. That's it's embarrassing. Just, it's, That's embarrassing for for a team of this caliber, caliber, who Matt was already ready to walk down Flatbush Avenue and have this ticket. I still which the parade, the parade will not happen on Flatbush Avenue. Just to let you know, it'll happen mm-hmm. in the city. So you know, let's get in that. Manhattan. Yeah, Manhattan. yeah. What happened in Manhattan? That's where the Canyon of Heroes is on Fulton Street. Look, the Giants play in in Jersey, but they still walk across the Canyon of Heroes. You get what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, um. Y'all should be ashamed of yourselves for being Brooklyn Nets fans and look at y'all team. Y'all team looking crazy. I have been, and I and Ooh, I say this, when I defend my fan, I'm I say it like this. I grew I'm, up, not, I'm, I'm talking. To, I'm talking to my boy. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not ashamed. Because it's gonna take a lot. It's gonna take a lot to make me not be to be ashamed. And Horn and all these people that we mentioned way more than we've ever. Kristaps Porzingis. You start talking about Kristaps Porzingis and all this stuff. But the thing is, y'all ready for these ticket tape parades? They gotta play defense. Oh, they- you know, you know, well, you know, well, Tay. I will, and, and we say this about the presidents, right? We said this about forty-five and forty-six. I say this about the Nets all the time, and I say this about every team I'm a fan of. I am a fan of them, but I always grew up with the mindset of a sports analyst. I will hold your feet to the fire until you do something. Until you perform and until you give us something, I'm gonna hold you to the fire. So yeah, I y'all hold the Jets to the fire. Only me and Dre. I talk crap about don't the Jets. Y'all don't even hold the Giants to the fire. Yeah, we did. We definitely did. All right, you know what? You know what? That's a perfect. That's a perfect transition. Wonderful, because 
Uh, as you say, we're not keeping the same energy about the Giants. We definitely said that the Giants should not have depended on the Philadelphia Eagles to get them into the playoffs. We definitely said that on the show, and there's tape on that. But while we're on the topic of football and losing, I'm in last place in the pick five. What is the rest of the records right now? <laughs> um, so there is still a one-game lead uh, for Tay at 46 <laughs> and 27. Matt and I are tied at 45 and 28. And Dre, she's running 42, the clock out. 42 and 31. She's so running the clock out. You see what no, she's doing? The reason clock that's so, what she's doing right now. The now reason, we just talking about how uh, this was a a, a culture-defining game for what's the face that uh, Baker. What's his name? Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Baker Mayfield. This is I didn't pick him though. That the that the East were gonna lose this playoff game. I said nah. I said nah. But I'm not running out no clock at all. I heard Chad. The Browns played the Browns played. I will say the Browns played a better game than I think a lot of people thought. They they did. They did. Tavia, give them give them credit. Give them credit. And had had Chad Henney not stepped in. Had Chad Henney not stepped in and saved that game, Browns You would not have won a – you know what? Y'all if, the Bra- if the Browns actually – if the Browns converted – Should have, should have, would have. Right, right, right. If the Browns had converted that interception in the end zone in the fourth quarter, had they converted that interception, they would have won that game. Okay? Just like – just like – just they, wasn't like, winning, they wasn't winning that game. Just like coulda, shoulda, woulda. They okay. wasn't winning that game. Well, I said I was the only person in that chat that was saying, hey, I'm not nervous that Patrick Mahomes left the game. I wasn't nervous. I knew they were going to win. I knew it. Now, I would say I am surprised at the New Orleans Saints. They I'm completely not. collapsed. If you wasn't surprised, why you didn't pick them? You would have been tired of that. No, because I, cause I <laughs> knew that. <laughs> I'm not. Pete made sure every game. I picked. I picked the Saints. I picked the Saints, and I stand by my pick of the Saints because I do. I do. I did not think that the. Tampa Bay offense was going to be able to outscore them. Am I surprised by the way the Saints played and the way, not necessarily the, Saint, the way the Saints played. Am I surprised by the performance of Drew Brees? No, because you can take the take back. You can go back to our earlier episodes, even the episodes before I came on as a full-time host, when I said that Drew Brees is looking like Father Time hit him real hard this year. He has fallen off. But why you didn't pick playoff time, though? Because I don't like Tom Brady. I hate Tom Brady. I hate Tom Brady more than I hate the Bears. I hate Tom Brady more than I hate the Chicago Bears. I was watching the game, right? It was as I was the Grinch, and my heart grew three times in size, right? Because I hate, I'm like, too. I hate this guy. All he wants to do, right, is be a good dad, be a great player, and be my Jets every year. I hate Tom Brady. I hate Tom Brady. And then you know how I feel about Drew Brees, but that's for another episode. Right, but we if you ne- that, I hate Brady White too. I don't like that either. Strongly, Pete, you would have been tied. 
I hate Tom Brady. You I hate his wife. Should've. You actually should have picked it. You actually I hate Tom Brady. I hate his wife. I hate Tom Brady. I hate his wife. I hate Bill Belichick. I hate the New England Patriots. I hate everything. I hate everything about New England. I hate everything. I will never pick Tom Brady. I hate Tom Brady. You like, oh, you know, mama's is off limits. And here you go. I hate his wife. I hate him. I hate his kids. But let me tell you something. I never said I hate his kids. Me, I don't hate those kids. Let me tell you something. Anytime. I don't hate on no kids. I don't hate on no kids. <laughs> oh, no kids. You, you, you taking over as vice president as of the FTK fan club, I see. I don't I don't hate on no kids. I don't hate on no kids. I, I, said I hate on no kids. Chill, chill, chill. Vice chill. president of the FTK fan club. I'll hate okay. But anyway, now with our pick fives, right? Everybody want to talk about, oh, you know, Tavia's running out the clock and this. Y'all had ample opportunity. Y'all knew my picks. And last week I, I said what I said, and I did not and I did not waver with anybody. I was wrong. I really thought that the New Orleans Saints were gonna beat the the, the Buccaneers. Because Gronk did nothing, Antonio Brown did nothing. You know what I'm saying? Tom Brady, they won that game off of Tom Brady's back. Is he even playing this week? No. Brown, Antonio Brown is out this week. He's out. He's out. And Drew Brees, like, what happened to Kamara? What happened? Brees like, looks like Brees looks Brees like. I mean, Brees got hit hard. I mean, Brees, Kamara, time. Kamara couldn't run any further than one yard at a time. It was one yard at a time. I, I knew something was up with the, with like the not so much, not so much, yeah. not so much the Saints uh, this season. But I knew something was up in this game, and I knew I knew we had lost the game as the Saints the minute I saw that Jameis Winston was put in for a play. I was that dumb. Don't get me wrong; he got like fifty something yards, and I think it was like it was, he threw a touchdown pass. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, But I was like, stop, Brad. Come on. This is last game. Let me tell you something. <laughs> and then, now, this is my, my, I have 30 seconds for Matt. Oh, right? God. The first thing you said when the Buccaneers beat the, 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 the Saints was that the Packers were going to run roughshod oh. on the Buccaneers. Can oh. you tell me in, in 10 words or less why? Got to count the words. Yes, because y'all get long winded, and I don't got the patience for this. <laughs> because Aaron Rodgers is my MVP. That's why MVP is one word. Is it? Sorry, right, cool. I still have. I, I still have like three three words left. I did pretty good. No, all right. I did. I did, I did pretty good. <laughs> Even though I see the Packers beating the, the Buccaneers, I don't see the Packers beating the Buccaneers. I do. Let me tell you something. Gronk should have stayed in retirement. He's done nothing all season. Now I might have to eat my words because maybe in the third quarter he's going to remember that he's a legendary tight end and light up the Packers. I don't think the Packers have the defense to answer to the Bucks' offense, but that's for another. In the fourth quarter, he's gonna he's gonna remember. He's like, oh look, I can jump off. I can jump off a balcony at WrestleMania. I can do this. 
Oh, I forgot he did that. Because he did it because Vince did it first. Vince and showed him how to do it. So yeah, he wasn't going to do it. Yeah, if you see the, if you saw the video of like the behind the scenes from Mania, um, and they told him, "Okay, we want you to jump off the balcony and whatever," he was like so terrified to do it that Vince came out of production to get on the balcony and show him how to do the jump. And then once he saw Vince do it, he was like, "Okay, I'll do it." And Vince yes. bumped perfectly, but that's yeah, what we said. Vince, Vince will never ask you to do something that he, he, wasn't, doing he wouldn't do. But um, we have two games this week. Uh, Bills Chiefs. We'll start with that one. Well, actually, let's start with the game we were just talking about. So, who do we have? I'm choosing the Packers. What? Jay, welcome to the dark side. Welcome to Death Row. That's what oh, I'm talking about. I'm lying. I'm yeah. lying. I'm sorry. I just chose the bugs. Well, I, I chose the bug a second ago. My bad. I'm tripping. Why do you always choose first? Like, all right. At the count of three. What happened to you? I'm sorry. At the count of three, me, so that people could say it's fair, right? <laughs> at the count of three, me, Pete, and Matt are going to say, we already know who Matt's going for. But right? this, is the, uh, this is the Packers Bucks? At yeah. the count of three. Me and Pete are going to say, Dre, you're going to count who we're going for. All right? <laughs> are you ready? I don't know who I'm going for. Are you ready? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Green Bay. I'm actually mad, right? Because right. this is supposed to be my, my, my Trump type week. Y'all supposed to go for the Bucks because, you know, y'all Tom Brady fans. And I was supposed to come on next week and gloat. That that man, Aaron Rodgers, aka my MVP, who I chose to be the MVP weeks ago, and y'all was sitting there talking about something. No, it's because of his name. It's not because he performing good. I'm never gonna get over. I'm never gonna get over. I'm never gonna get over. Now let me something. People don't really understand about me. The Packers are my third. What used to be my second favorite team. The Packers are my third favorite team. I am a huge Brett Favre fan. I used to love the Green Bay Packers in the 90s, especially in the early 2000s. I like Aaron Rodgers. My mom is a huge fan of Aaron Rodgers. I don't know why. But once, no. Once you don't they know why? Yes. Once you, you don't know why? You don't know why? Quarterback of the decade next to Tom Brady, I I figured to myself, I said, self, Use this, this is some OD. I was going to curse. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. This is some nonsense. <laughs> I caught myself, Dre. I was about to, you know, I was about to, this is some I want you to remember this. Yeah. Well, I was looking. I'm like, is she going to do it? Next time Brady talk, this next time Brady talk, I want you to remember this, Dre. Remember this. Not my. When Aaron Rodgers spanked Tom Brady in the Buccaneers. I want you to remember that he did that to Tom Brady. Listen, not for um, not not for um for y'all because I not for Tay because Tay already is like Tay the past few weeks has been picking against who she really wants to pick. Yes, but for Matt, do not let. Ready. Do not let Tom Brady win. Ready. I'm gonna have something. I'm gonna have something for you. Ready. <laughs> Don't let Tom Brady win. Right? I want the same energy. I want the same energy. 
Because you know of you, I want the Bucks to win. Because of you and so you. So pick the Bucks. You so pick them. The Queen. For choices that she chooses to make. So have all your favorite time breaking Because you called me down from it. Hey, pick the bucks. You wanted to win so bad. You called me down for it. Pickle. I can't even hear you. I Pickle. can't even see you. I hate Pickle. Tom Brady. Put all your record in Tom Brady's hands, hey. I can't even see you. Put your record in Tom Brady's hands. Please. Pete, you know what? I don't even know why I'm having a conversation with third place. Pete. I'm not in third place. Day. I'm you not in third place. place. I am not in third place. You are in third place. I'm tired of second. Dre's in third place. Don't do that. Dre's in fourth place. I'm not. Exactly. <laughs> Don't add me into this conversation because I'm clearly not in it. That's why yeah, I'm picking. Again, that's Dre, why I've been picking. Dre, I'm picking against every say? other team. What does the audio say about me right now? I what? I hate Tom Brady. All right. She don't. <laughs> But the, he just wanna I spent all the you know peer pressure. I spent all these years. I should have no reason to hate Tom Brady. You're a Giants fan. What you mean you don't have no reason to like Tom Brady? He gave us two Super Bowl rings. Thank you, Tom. He gave us two Super Bowl rings. So why do I hate Tom Brady for? Technically, he didn't. Their defense did. His team were the reason why my team. You know, have two rings in this generation. That unlike you there and you, Pete, I actually was able to go to a ticker tape parade there for my team being able to win in the Super Bowl twice. It was too cold. I wasn't going. I went. Me. I went to four in the nineties for the New York. I mean, I'm a Yankees fan Thank too, you. bro. I went to four. Right there on Wall Street. But we're not talking about MLB right now. We're talking about Tom Brady. I hate Tom Brady. Me too. You might as well pick him. Please pick him. Why do you hate him? Dude, I don't Why do I hate him? Why do I hate him? No, because no, I watch him no, beat my team. Even when we had really good teams, I hate Bill Belichick. I hate Tom Brady. I hate his wife. I hate his whole company. I hate his corporations. I hate anything he touches. I hate it all. All of it. All I of it. I hate New England. Realize, I didn't go to college in New England, in Boston, simply because I hate everything that Boston is. I will not. I will never, ever ever root for ball. Now, then again, that is also the Boston Celtics teams that existed before I was born. I love them. I'm a huge Larry Bird fan. I love the old school Boston Celtics. But that's it. Yeah, Larry, see, I, I I was with you when they used like yeah, Larry Bird. Uh, really? Because really? Larry, Larry, not, Larry, not top ten. Larry, not top ten in all of history. I do see the Packers pulling it off, Copy right? That. But mm-hmm. I do not think that they are going to spank. Like the first thing Matt, the first thing that came out of Matt, Matt's mouth was, "I'm glad because they're gonna feed him to to uh that man." I'm like that man. He don't even talk to his family. He's a bad man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That That's man, Stephen A. Smith say he's a bad. I call him Don't that man. Nothing that Stephen. <laughs> that man. You know what? You know. You know. You better put some respect you on that man. All right, all right. All right. All right. Next game. Next game. Next game. Next game. 
Next game. Next game. Chiefs versus Bills. He's overrated. The MVP. That's what he is. Yeah, overrated. He's valued as the MVP. Remember, this is how we ended the episode. Your MVP. Watch that man beat out. Let him play that green bag. But because I said that I was pulling for the Bulls from day one, and as Tavia has said every single week on his show, keep the same energy. I'm going to stick with my Buffalo Bills through hell and high water. I do think this is going to be the game of the week. I do think that Kansas City could very easily win this game, but I think the Bills, I think the Bills, I'm sticking with them. I like them. And let me tell you something. The state of New York, when it comes to sports, deserves this one. Buffalo deserves this one. It's been a long time since we've seen Buffalo in a Super Bowl, and I would really like to see it one, one time. I didn't. I was too young to appreciate it when it did happen. Um, I'm picking Buffalo. I think this is the game of the weekend. I'm taking the Bills. Is it because they're in New York? No, I, I'm, I'm, as Tavia said, I'm keeping the same energy. I said that the Bills would go to the AFC Championship game. I've said multiple times on this show, I think the Bills are the best uh, option against the Chiefs in the, in the, in, in, in the league this year. Um, I said that the Bills have what it takes. Get up off my screen today. Get up off my screen. <laughs> but I'm taking, I'm taking the Bills. So I'm, st- I'm keeping that same energy. Chiefs kingdom for you two? Yeah, I'm going with the Chiefs. He's wild. I don't know what he. I, Pete don't want to win. That's what this is about. He clearly don't want to win. Um, I let me tell you something, Pete. You don't sound blasphemous saying what you're saying. Um, no. No. What I will say is this: the Bills are the biggest threat that the Chiefs are are facing to a second ring. I feel like whoever wins this game wins the Super Bowl. That's where I'm coming at from it. Because I don't feel like either team on the NFC can beat this team. Either one of these teams on the AFC. So Psycho Tom doesn't have another one in him? I don't think he's making it. But I I, I would disagree with Tavia. I think if the Packers make the Super Bowl, I mean, if it's Packers, Bills, again, I'm going to keep that same energy and I'm going to stick with my Bills. But uh, I say my Bills because I picked them a lot this year and I've stood with them. But but I will say if it's Packers, Bills, it'll be really tough. Uh, if it's and if it's Packers Chiefs, it's really tough. I think I think Aaron has a chance. Uh, Iz, Izzy has said it in the chat, and y'all have said it. It's hard to bet against Tom. I will agree with this. As much as I hate Tom Brady, it is very hard to bet against Brady in the Super Bowl for me. Even as much as I hate Tom Brady, 
It's it's harder to bet against them in the AFC in the championship games in the Super Bowl. I'm just being honest with you. Let me say something. If I feel as if Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, of course, are going to be the narrative of this game. You know what I'm saying? Tom Brady is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. But the Packers are a better team than the Bucs. I see Shaq brung up that Bucks defense. Granted, it, it ran rough shot on um on Green Bay earlier in the season, and they, they stifled Aaron Rodgers. And I believe that he remembers what happened. So that's why I'm overwhelmingly choosing the Green Bay Packers for that game. It's Lambeau Field. It's, I feel like Aaron Rodgers got a lot of – he has a lot of mental capacity for, every, for everything that's been happening to him for, like, the last two seasons. You know, with everybody saying that he's declining one because of that new because of the new system that he had to get used to. Two, them drafting a new quarterback who has to force who has who's being forced to now watch greatness happen right now. So it, it, it's hard to bet against Tom Brady, but like Pete is saying, I'm in the predicament where I have to keep the same energy, and I'm going to keep yeah. the same energy. I'm choosing Aaron Rodgers. It's hard to bet against Tom Brady because of. You know his career and who he is. Yeah. So yeah, they're playing in the frozen tundra, Lambeau Field, and the running back going to come around, a defensive end, the linebacker going to come in, boom, and that's what's going to happen. Look, what I the hell did you say? I really don't know. That's what I John Madden would say every week. I, right? I, I must say, yeah, you 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 have you summoned your inner John Madden. But you know what I'm going to say though, I do. I think that, like I said, whoever wins the Chiefs Bills, I feel wins the Super Bowl. Let me tell you something. That Bills, the Bills look scary. Not Kansas City, not Kansas City scary last year, but they look scary. And I do not see the Green Bay Packers having the tools, you get what I'm saying, to beat those teams in the AFC. I don't see it. Now they got got continue. Now what I will say is this this is a time more than ever for Aaron Rodgers to prove that he is above the one-ring quarterbacks like the Big Bens and show why he was put for number tied for number one. But Tom Brady's going to show him who's the best quarterback of his generation. He's going to show him. I'm telling you. He's going to show him. Um, no, I agree. I agree. These games are very, very – Important, not just for Super Bowl, but I guess for legacy purposes. On at least on on one side of the, the coin, uh, with the only for um, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, for Aaron Rodgers. No one else out of the four quarterbacks that are playing mm-hmm. in the championship games right now mm-hmm. have as much to prove as Aaron Rodgers. True, I think the Bills. Uh, and I would say I'll say this to wrap this up. The Bills remind me of that Ravens team that last won the championship, um, except. Wasn't uh, Josh Allen is better than Joe Flacco, but yeah, but uh, they don't have nobody there like Ray Lewis, right? And, and listen, here's the thing: what we saw, what we saw last week with the Browns and the Browns and the Chiefs showed that the the Chiefs do have weaknesses. And here's the thing: Mahomes is just coming off that concussion protocol. By no means do I want this man to get injured again, but it is very hard to quickly come back from a concussion like that uh, of any kind and be 100%. 
And so I feel like if the Bills can get any strong hits on Mahomes and rattle him, this may be the opportunity. The so Browns you want, may so have, you want your team to play dirty to, to go to no, the Super Bowl. No, not play dirty, but so the look, Browns. Look at, that, look at that Bronx mentality. The, bro, the Browns. The look at Browns, you bring in to the sports show. I don't want them to pull a Tanya Harding. I don't want them to do that. I don't want them to pull a Tanya Harding. But I think the Cleveland Browns laid a great framework for what it's going to take to slow down the Chiefs. Right. And I think the Bills have the offensive firepower to be able to do what the Browns could not. No, they played with a quarterback I don't think I've ever heard of in my life. Right. Chad Henney. I never heard of that. What's his name? Chad, Chad Henney, Je former Jets great. Former Miami starter, <laughs> former Jacksonville starter. Former Jets. I've never heard this guy. I don't know. Don't try to skip over the Jets part. He wasn't a starter for us. He wasn't a starter for us. I figured she was trying to take it. Let me tell you something. You cannot talk about Mahomes being the biggest threat on the Chiefs. They showed y'all last week that there's a man on that field, number 87. You get what I'm saying? Who is the who I feel is better than Gronk? But who has to get him the ball? Chad Henry. You who the name Chad? <laughs> yeah. Chad Pennington. Chad Pennington got to get no, him Chad, the ball. No, Chad, Chad Henry. Same, Henny same was They played the same. Don't even worry Henny about Henny it. They played the same. Henny you know what, Jay? I'm coming after you. Now. <laughs> I'm a Tanya Harding. You're behind. Next time, I'm saying it right now. Next time, Jabba Tears has a, is able to do a viewing party for something. I'm coming for Dre. That's it. I'm we coming for him. We're going to have three members of the show again. <laughs> so, don't, don't, don't even play. No, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. What's the name again? Chad Henney. Henney. Chad Henney. Right? Mark Sanders. He showed y'all anything was possible. Okay. I thought that was Garnett. Yeah. I thought Garnett did. Yeah. Let me tell you something. You better be ready for the smoke that you're going to get. If Aaron Rodgers, I'm going all the way to wherever you live <laughs> and with a big sign, and I'm pointing you for days, period. You are not going to be, you better hope and pray to the football gods that Aaron Rodgers pulls this off. By the way, who are you taking? Are you taking the Bills or the Chiefs? He's taking um, the Chiefs. I, I want to pick the Chiefs, and everything that Pete is saying is kind of right, but you're worried about the concussion. I'm more worried about the turf toe. So that's, that, that, that's kind of like throwing me off, but Travis Kelsey. Ladies and gentlemen. Do not ever listen to Jets fans. That is why I'm, <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going with the Chiefs, though. I said, okay, I'm all right. Chiefs, I'm worried about that turf toe more than yeah. I'm the concussion. Bills, they, Bills, they, Chiefs, got, Chiefs. they got Chad Pennington, so they'll be all right. Well, if they had Chad Pennington, they'd be great. If they had Chad Pennington, they'd be beautifully fine. Right. No. Yeah. But Chad <laughs> we would just from Missouri, baby. Matt, you better keep that energy. So. Cause I'm coming Matt, for you, Matt. I already know. Matt, you in the TikTok game? You've been um, 
you've been getting some of the smoke <laughs> the past couple of minutes. You got smoke for anybody else? Yeah, Pete, oh, got, oh, no. Pete got some smoke. Okay. Too. Pete All got right. some smoke too. So let's <laughs> let's check out the smoke section. <laughs> Oh Woo! my God! <laughs> Woo! All right, ladies and gentlemen, a travesty has been brought to my attention. Uh, the other night we witnessed just how soft the NBA has gotten. Uh, we watched the game between the Knicks and the Golden State Warriors. James Wiseman messed up a play that Draymond Green passed to him and lost the ball. So I think it was Julius Randle. I'm not – oh, no, it was Noel. It was Nerlens Noel. And the, they came back up the court. Draymond is being, you know, the typical Draymond Green type player he is. And he is getting at James Wiseman, his rookie. He's yelling at him and telling him, you messed up that play. And you know what happened, ladies and gentlemen? The man got a technical and got ejected for yelling at his teammate. Good. His teammate. Not the ops. Not the opposition. His teammate. What is going on in the NBA where you can get ejected out of the game? First half of the game for yelling at your old teammate. Draymond got a history of doing that, though. It's his teammate. Thank you, Draymond, for KD. We appreciate the, it. The referee, the referee believed, the referee believed uh, incorrectly that Draymond was yelling at the ref, not James Wiseman. And the referee did publicly come out and say afterwards that they made the wrong call. Now, mm-hmm. it is up to the NBA whether or not they are going to rescind that ejection from Draymond's record. I mean, so they, can, they, can, they, can, they can remove it from his record because yeah, these kind of things. It's ridiculous, you know. Pete. It's ridiculous. The league has gotten so soft. It, it's, it's Scott's tissue now. That's what that's what the league is. You can't do nothing. You can't breathe on certain players without being called a foul. You can't yeah, even bro. look at the referee without getting a technical. You can't even talk Wait when you minute. get a shot. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What you say, Pete? Oh, no, 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 I was coughing. I had something in my okay. tickling my throat. Tickling my throat. No, no, no. It's a smoke show. That's Give him the smoke, okay? If it was me, you would have gave me the smoke. Give him the smoke. He said, he said LeBron. LeBron. He said LeBron. He definitely said LeBron. He said LeBron. Get him. Get him. Get him. Get him. LeBron. Get him. Get him. Because if it was me, if it was me. Why'd you say LeBron, though? I'm just trying to figure it out. Like, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. LeBron could walk and not get called for us. I mean. Look at James Harden. James Harden went from one end of the court all the way to the half court. Dribble one time. No, 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 no
denying that LeBron is the greatest player in this generation. No, no. I say LeBron is the greatest player of this generation. So what do you mean when you so what do you mean when you when you cough and say LeBron? So what you mean with that? Because LeBron, like others, there are others. I just I just decided to concentrate on LeBron. LeBron, like other great players of previous generations, you can breathe on LeBron and he'll pull the matrix and all of a sudden there's a there's four flagrants called on the play. Stevenson. Worse than worse than Jordan, worse than Reggie Miller. I said worse than Jordan. Players of previous generations did the same thing. I just said that. But, 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 can, you say Jordan, but can you say Jordan too? Jordan did it. Reggie was okay, notorious for doing it. Uh, other players did it. But right now, in this era, for the LeBron last decade, it's been LeBron. Like, the LeBron don't no, say Reggie Miller. Huh? LeBron flopped like Shaq shooting the free throw. No. Kobe used to like to flop too. Uh, we're not going. We're not going to disrespect Kobe Bryant. I thought we've been through this he already. Like last. To flop too. We're not going to do that. We're not doing that, Tammy. Mm-hmm. We're not respect mm-hmm. that man. We're going to disrespect Kobe Bryant. But y'all going to respect LeBron. Y'all I do respect LeBron. LeBron. But, call, 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 call a spade a spade. Call a spade a spade. You can breathe on LeBron and you're getting ejected like Draymond did for well, nothing. It's not nonsense. It's the fact. Where's the receipts? Look. I ain't going shopping for that. Where's the receipt? All right, so then go pick it up then. I'm not going so you're I'm not going, going shop. You're not I'm going shopping. Go <laughs> pick it up then. Put look, it back where you found it. Look, the point is the league got soft. And next Stick time, and next time y'all say something about LeBron, say it with your chest, Pete. It was Pete. He had a cough. You know, no, don't make excuses for Pete. No, Pete. No. <laughs> don't make excuses for him. It's cold said, outside. It's cold. Queen Pete said said what he said. Look, but can we all agree the league got solved? That was ridiculous. It was no, absolutely, was no point, and there was no point for that. You yelling at you, even if you like. I just feel like he's yelling at his teammates like that, though. That's what I don't like that he does. He shouldn't be yelling at his teammates in public. Like when I don't like something that my friends and something my teammates do, I save that for the locker room. What is wrong with you? She was dancing. Leave her alone. Where your other socket? She was dancing. <laughs> she was dancing. This is what happens, ladies and gentlemen, when you when you are live podcasting well, and you are also a parent. Well, welcome to the Euro Sports Show, right. <laughs> But I do agree with Matt. The league has become soft because in that same game, there was a screen. It was a hard screen set, like real, just nice and solid. No, the game before it. Real nice and solid screen by PJ Tucker. Maybe the referee had flagrant a- foul. What? Referees are annoying. They decide the, the game. The referees are their feelings. But you know what? The league has definitely gotten soft. I would definitely say that from what we've grown up with, especially me in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? The league is definitely different now. But um, I do feel like Draymond should not have gotten ejected for that. But I don't like when they reprimand their teammates in public like that. That's embarrassing. I'm sorry. I don't like to be reprimanded by anybody unless it's a coach. You know what I'm saying? On the field, on the court. You save that for the locker room. You get what I'm saying? That's how you become a leader. You know, being a leader is not reprimanding somebody right there and then. Not that way. Like, come on. You know, Draymond always do stuff like that. He's corny. 
ain't gonna hold you. I forget certain stuff, so I might have to tell you right then and there. <laughs> no, I kind of no. I wait until I honestly wait until they get to the bench, and then I'll speak to them while they're on the bench. I'm not gonna do it on the floor because some people take things differently, and right. that can affect how they play. James Wiseman, luck, lucky for the Warriors, is a strong enough minded player to where Draymond is right. He's like, okay, I got you, but not everybody's like that. KD, like, and like I said, that was another, more disrespectful though. You, another you, that was a lot more disrespectful. That was more disrespectful. <laughs> I, I get it. I get the point he was trying to prove, but again, at the same time, like Tay said, not on the floor, not in a big overtime moment game. Because that was actually Draymond thought he actually should have passed the ball to KD and let KD end the game. Yeah. But um, also another thing I kind of want to bring to the table is these referees and. Damn, uh, and um, Boogie Cousins, they've been ejecting him out of games. Just like they treat him like Rasheed Wallace right now. <laughs> he is Rasheed Wallace in the league. He All don't lie. All don't lie. He definitely is. I ain't gonna hold you when Rasheed was on the Knicks. That was the be- that was my favorite time. The best. <laughs> the best. I I swear, yo, I love Rasheed. I love Novak. Discount double check, my man. Uh, I was a big fan of Nate. You know, until he got knocked out. But, you know, that's me to him. But that, I love Jamal Crawford. I, it, You're talking about two different eras, but that's okay. I know. I'm just bringing up Nick. Yeah, true, true, different true. Nick King, so, you know. Favorite Knicks. <laughs> but this was, a fun epi- this was a fun episode, as usual. Hey, um, Shout-outs <laughs> to the rest of the Java Tears Network. Um, two and a Half Bros, they're coming back soon to Zone Talk. They have a, um, an episode that just dropped on Tuesday, and they're dropping another one this Tuesday. Of course, the Java Tears podcast just returned. Um, Girl, I said hi to you about 10 times, okay? Yeah, hi, <laughs> baby. <laughs> so, um, and shout-outs to us. Episode 50 coming next week. Um it's been a wild ride, y'all. 50, 50 episodes. Nice. Such good, such good, such good stuff. Such good stuff. Episode and fifty gonna be our what? Our Super Bowl? Pre- no, because uh, we get two weeks before the Super. Bowl. We get two weeks before the Super Bowl, so um, that will be the first week of our new set of pick five for the NBA. Um, so um, I'm hoping to get off to a better start in that one. <laughs> so let's see, but. Uh, actually, this week's games will determine um, what happens, who takes over the show. No, because we got the Super Bowl. We still got to pick the Super Bowl. Well, it depends on if – well, did every did everybody pick the same thing? Because if no, you, because if you and Tay, If you and Tay have different picks and, and – We do for the Bills and Kansas City game. Right, for the Bills and Kansas City so game. So if the, yeah, if the Bills, if the Bills win, if the Bills win, we tie going into the Super Bowl. Right. If they mm-hmm. lose, this is it. Right. If they lose, we done. Right. Done. That's what I'm saying. If they lose, okay. we're done. This You're this done. is the week. The Super Bowls, we can't really count the big game because in the big game, we kind of it, it, it's, it's done by now. It, no, that's not true. Um, I'm gonna put in a call right okay. now. I'm gonna put hey. in a call. All this, right, all to the Super Bowl there. But here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna make one phone call. That game the first half last year. I'm gonna make one that's phone call. Hold up, I'm gonna call up. Hold up, I'm gonna call up my boy. I'm gonna call up the head of the table. Um, and we're gonna have him put in uh put in a good word for the game, and that's what we're gonna do. 
Actually, next week we're gonna um be previewing. He's got a new haircut. He don't know how to act, so that's why he was oh. talking out of turn. <laughs> Actually, next week we're gonna be talking about the Rumble, y'all. Uh, probably one of my p- favorite pay per views. Uh, definitely. Um, I, I'm, I'm. I don't know if y'all heard. I, I declared for the Royal Rumble. Um, I'm officially in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. So for Queen Tay, top right. For say your BK Matt, little baby, <laughs> don't want to say you're to us. Say you're. My no, he's say so it. adorable. I cannot even deal. For for Mister, now you gotta say it with your chest. The professor, Pete I hate Tom Brady. That's not what I wanted you to say with your chest. He said that about fifty times. We know. <laughs> it's your boy, Big Baby, <laughs> signing off. Peace.